Today we are continuing a series of messages that we kicked off two weeks ago on the topic of prayer. In this series, we've been looking at what Jesus and what scripture teaches us about prayer. The truth is, is that most of us believe that prayer is an important thing. And yet at the same time, if we're honest, many of us would admit that prayer is not as important in our lives or it's not something that we do as often as we believe that we should. Well, today we're going to talk about one of the reasons why I believe that that's a reality. One of the reasons that we don't pray as often as we should. And that's the reality of anxiety in our lives. You know, I was at the grocery store earlier this week, and as I was in the checkout aisle there at Publix, I looked over and I saw a Time magazine, and it had the headline on it. It said, The Age of Anxiety. Everyone's talking about anxiety right now. If you Google anxiety, there's articles and podcasts and books, and everybody's talking about it, and they're talking about it because most of us are experiencing some level of anxiety. The truth is, is that, that this isn't a new thing, right? Most of the big battles that we face in life are not the battles that people see, but they're the battles that take place in our mind, right? We're constantly caught in this tension that we want to look the right way. Uh, and so we project that we're strong. Even when we feel that we're weak, we project uh, and we try and represent that we feel confident. Even when we feel afraid, we project that we're happy, Right? We post the right things on social media even when we're hurting. Right, We have these battles that take place in our head. We want to project one thing. We want one thing to be true, and yet there's the reality of our life sometimes that does not match up with that. We feel overwhelmed. We feel uncertain. We feel angst, a heaviness, and these things can lead to some real anxiety. They can cause us to feel discouraged and not sure of what tomorrow looks like. Well, today we're going to talk about how, how does that impact our prayer life? What do we do when we feel anxious? And what do we do when prayer actually makes our anxiety worse? I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but what do we do when praying causes our anxiety level to go higher than it was before? That can be a reality sometimes. What do we do in those moments? You know, the truth is, is that if we're honest, all of us experience anxiety. Right, Whether we name it that or whether we call it something else, all of us experience some level of anxiety. And anxiety can tends to come in a cyclical way. There's a cycle of anxiety in our lives. We feel anxious about something, and so we try and take control. And then as we take more control, uh, we tend to feel anxious about losing control. And so then we attempt to take even more control, and then that makes us feel even more anxious. And so we get caught in this cycle of anxiety, and then human nature causes us to want to get out of that, right? And so we get out of that in many different ways. Sometimes we can get out of it in healthy ways, but human nature often causes us to get out of that anxiety in unhealthy ways, right? We cope in different ways. We overeat. We binge watch TV. We binge on alcohol. We sometimes turn to drugs. We do things that help us to check out and to dull that anxiety, but we don't actually do the things that deal with the anxiety. How do we, how do we handle anxiety as Christians, as people who seek to follow Jesus, as people who want to uh, allow him to lead us through life? How do we approach anxiety? Right? We try to break that cycle in so many ways, but what would Jesus, what would the counsel of Scripture teach us 
about this. And to do that, I want us to look at a section of scripture that we find in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And in this section of scripture, the Apostle Paul is uh, he's writing this and he's writing it not from a mountaintop, not sitting on the beach watching a sunrise, uh, but he's writing this from prison. And I, I point that out uh, for, for a couple reasons, but I point that out because as we began to read this, uh, it, it really puts it in good contrast because he says in starting in verse four of chapter four, the book of Philippians, he's writing to the church in Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I just want to say right there, it's sometimes easy to say rejoice in the Lord always when we're on that mountaintop, so to speak, whether it's a literal mountaintop or a figurative mountaintop in our lives. It can be so easy for us to say, praise God, God's good in those mountaintop times, but it can be really difficult in prison, right? When we're laid back at the beach watching the sunrise and life is good, it can be easy to say, praise God. But here, Paul is sitting in a dingy prison. He's unsure about his future. He's waiting for trial. His trial is upcoming and he's not sure what the verdict is going to be. He's not sure if he's going to live or die, if he's going to be free or if he's going to continue to be in bondage. He's not sure what the future looks like. But in this moment, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again. He says, and again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will you join me in prayer at this moment? Father, thank you for that word today. And Lord, as we dive into your scripture today, as we allow you to speak to us today, Lord, we pray that you would do just that. Lord, would you meet us in a special way, Lord, as we're gathered in our living rooms or uh, throughout the country, wherever we are at the moment. I pray that you would meet us here in this moment and that you would speak to us as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to ask a question, and maybe this seems like an obvious question, but is it a sin to feel anxious? Is it a sin for us to feel anxious? Well, I want to encourage us, no, it's absolutely not a sin to feel anxious. In fact, we see Jesus on the night that he was betrayed as he was about to be arrested. He went with his friends, with his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane, and he goes there to pray. Why does he go there to pray? Because it says that he is feeling anxious. He's feeling uh, concerned. He's feeling, feeling worried. Jesus in that moment is experiencing anxiety. And in that moment, he did he, he, he did something powerful, right? He prayed. He looked to his father. But Jesus himself experienced anxiety. And Jesus was without sin. Anxiety, experiencing anxiety is not a sin. And I would want to just encourage us from, this, from the start here that, you know, when we experience anxiety, sometimes we can experience anxiety at a level where we need some medical intervention. And I want to encourage you that there is no shame in that, right? When I get a headache, I take some Tylenol. When I'm feeling sick, I call the doctor and let the doctor examine me. And sometimes he prescribes medication to me so I can feel better. When we are feeling anxious or when our minds are not working in the right way, 
There is no shame in us going to uh, a doctor and seeking uh, their medical intervention in that um, sometimes, sometimes we can experience moments like that. And if you find yourself in a moment like that, I want to tell you there's, there's no shame in that. There's no condemnation in that. You're not in sin for experiencing that. Uh, God's grace is there to meet us in those moments. But all of us experience anxiety from time to time. And I want to encourage you, us, it's not a, it's not a sin to experience anxiety. But what anxiety is, it's not a sin, but it is a signal. It's a symptom and it's a signal, right? On your car, you've got a, a dashboard, right? And when your car gets low on gas, there's a light that pops on. Or when there's something wrong with your with your engine, right? There's a light that pops on. Or it alerts us of things, right? These 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 lights that come on on the dashboard, they are not the problem, right? I had a friend in high school who drove a car and it was an old beat up thing and it had this car that said, it, it had a light on it that said EcoBoost that, that was on there. It was a red alert that said EcoBoost. We didn't know what the EcoBoost light was about, but it was always on in his car and it would ding when he started his car. Uh, and one day I got in his car and the light wasn't on. And so I said, man, what, what did you do to fix? What'd you do? What, how'd you fix it? And he said, oh, well, I just unplugged it, <laughs> right? He was so tired of seeing that signal that he unplugged it. It was alerting to him, apparently, I still don't know. It was alerting him to some problem in the car, uh, but the light itself was not the problem, right? The anxiety itself is not the problem, right? It's alerting us. It's a signal to us. Anxiety is a signal alerting us. I believe anxiety is a signal alerting us that it's time to pray. In the scripture that we just read, Paul encourages us. He says, don't be anxious. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in every situation, pray. And I just want to remind us, if it's big enough for us to worry about, that it's big enough for us to pray about. Right? There's nothing that's too small for us to pray about. If it's big enough for us to worry about, right? it's big enough for us to pray about. Right? If we're worried about that doctor's appointment or many of us right now, we're worried about the next school year for our kids. Right. We can pray about it. Right. If we're worried about that decision that we need to make, we can pray about it. If we're worried about what's uh, what we should uh, how we should move forward in life, we can stop and we can pray about it. Here's the thing. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. You see, God cares about you and the things that bother you are things that God cares about you. Don't be anxious, but turn to him in prayer in those moments. Here's the question, though, that I want to ask us, and I think this is a really important question. What do we do when prayer makes us more anxious? I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've experienced this in my life. Sometimes praying, sometimes going to God and, and, and asking for help sometimes can actually make us more anxious. Or at least it, it certainly has in my life at different points, right? If we go to God and we, and we express our lack to him and we express our anxieties to him, sometimes it can cause us to focus on those things that we've been trying to put aside, right? We, we had successfully forgotten about them, but when we bring them back up in prayer, sometimes we can find that anxiousness in our life all over again. In fact, if we're honest, and I'll confess it for you, sometimes I don't pray because I don't want to feel anxious. All right, I've successfully put some anxieties off to the side. I've successfully hidden them away. But when I come to God in prayer and I begin to think about them again, they can make me more anxious again. And I want to tell you something that you already know is true, right? Throwing a pity party for ourselves or 
Focusing on our lack does not bring us peace. Meditating on, on our anxieties does not bring us peace. But I, I love what Paul encourages us here in, in, in verse 6 of chapter 4 there. He says, he says uh, pr- but pray about everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known. With thanksgiving. Right? Paul's reminding us there that for us to pray, it's not just about us expressing our lacks to God, expressing what we don't have, expressing what we need, expressing where we don't have enough. It's also, it's also, and this is so important, it's about us expressing gratefulness to God about what we do have, about how his goodness is already at work in our lives, about the ways that he has already blessed us. You see, meditating on our anxieties brings more anxiety, but meditating on God's goodness brings peace. Meditating on our anxieties just births more anxieties in our life, but as we meditate on how God is already at work in our lives, it brings peace. Bring, uh, uh, meditating on how we already see evidence of God's goodness in our life brings peace. In fact, I often remind myself in prayer, I say, if God, if you've brought me this far, oh man, as we look back at our lives and we think about how far God has brought us, the things that God has seen you through in the past, all of us have stories like that. I, you probably have some stories like that if you begin to think about them and meditate them, meditate on them. But God, thank you for how far you've brought me. And if you've brought me this far, I think you're going to see me through this thing that I'm currently facing. It says, make make your request known to God, but also it's important for us to make time too for thankfulness. You see, anxiety can cause us to focus in and to zero in and to zoom in on what needs to change, on what's wrong. But, But as we begin to be grateful and thankful, we zoom out and we get a bigger perspective. Thankfulness and gratitude helps us to zoom out and get that bigger perspective. I love something that the that the great uh, author and teacher Henry Nouwen says. He, he said this, he said, perhaps nothing helps to make the movement from our little selves to a larger world more than remembering God in gratitude. When we come to God and we remember him in gratitude, when we thank him for the things that he's done, it helps us to get our focus off of just our little needs and the things that we need and we begin to zoom out and get a bigger perspective. You see, there's two fundamental things that happen when we pray. There's two fundamental things that happen when we pray. The first one is that God can change my situation. I want to remind us, Ephesians 3.20 says something that's so true. It says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask or what we think possible according to the power that is at work within us. God is able to do more than we believe is possible. I fundamentally believe that it's impossible for you to overestimate God's power because no matter how great you think God is, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more, right? So God God can change anything. God can do anything. God can do the impossible. He makes the impossible possible. And when we pray, we can pray bold prayers because God is the God of the impossible. And sometimes when we pray, he changes, he changes our circumstances, Right. He can do the miraculous. Right. As we see Jesus going around 
uh, teaching. He's also doing miracles. He, uh, a man was blind and then he could see. A man was lame and couldn't walk. Uh, but then he stood up and walked. There was uh, a girl that was dead, but Jesus spoke to her and she came back to life. Jesus is able to do the miraculous. And so we believe that God can change our situations. But there's a second thing that happens in prayer and a thing that happens even more commonly in prayer, and that's that God changes me. You see, sometimes when I pray, God doesn't change my circumstance, but instead God changes me. This is the more common thing, and and we often acknowledge the first one as being miraculous and supernatural. But I'll tell you this, it's miraculous and supernatural when God changes us. When God does something in us, when he allows us to see our situation differently, when he changes us so that we can be a part of changing the situation. Sometimes God doesn't change the circumstance, but he changes us so that we can change the circumstance. You see, prayer can change how we view our situations. Prayer changes me so I can change my situation. The theologian Uh, R.C. Sproul says prayer does change things, all kinds of things. But the most important thing that it changes is us. As we engage in communion with God more deeply and come to know the one with whom we are speaking more intimately, that growing knowledge of God reveals to us all the more brilliantly who we are and our need to change in conformity with him. Prayer changes us profoundly. You see, so often the biggest miracle that God does is the miracle that he does through you. This is even more supernatural and even more miraculous sometimes than when he instantaneously changes our situation, when he changes us. You see, prayer is more about becoming than it is about getting. You see, we can approach God sometimes and we pray expecting him to, to give us things, but God's real desire is to change us. He's able to do absolutely anything, and that includes him changing and transforming us to be more like him, and so often that happens through prayer. So anxiety is a signal. It's alerting us that it's time to pray. In fact, we should pray like Peter teaches us to pray. In 1 Peter 5, uh, 6 through 7, Peter is writing this, and he talks about what we do When we're experiencing anxiety, he says this in in verse 5 of chapter 5 of 1 Peter. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. What do we do when when we're feeling anxious? What we do when we humble ourselves and we pray. Can I be honest and vulnerable? You know, that can be really difficult to do. You know, the truth is over the last few months, I've experienced some real anxiety. As I've experienced these anxieties in this area. You see, we launched Praxis Church on the last Sunday of January of 2020. Uh, so we are not even quite six months old as a church and Most of that time, because of COVID-19, has been spent online. We launched, and seven weeks into the life of our church, uh, the school that we met in shut down, and we began to meet online. And you know what the truth is, is that's brought up some real anxieties in me. You see, we prepared for 
over a year uh, getting ready to to launch Praxis Church. Nikki and I sold our house. We we cashed in uh, all the money that we had in savings. We poured our hearts and souls into this, and uh, it's not going as we planned. We didn't plan to be online. Man, I hate so much that we're not able to see people face to face. And you know, when we go through training and talk to people, like this isn't in the plan of how you plant a church. And yet here we are. Man, I felt some real anxieties about that. Some anxieties about what what does the future look like? Are we going to be able to make it through this? I I know God's called us to this, but uh, how is this all going to work out? This doesn't make sense. The truth is, is if I'm not careful, that anxiety can get the best of me. In fact, a a few weeks ago, that was beginning to creep up in my life as it tends to do from time to time. And I realized that it was time to pray. And as I sat down to pray, you know, for about the first 10 minutes, that anxiety didn't get better. But that anxiety uh, seemed to feel like it was getting worse as I began to think about it. And, you know, the longer that I prayed, though, the more I took time to spend time with Jesus, to be near to him as I began to think not just of the challenges, but as I began to thank him for his faithfulness, I began to experience more and more peace. As I began to get my attention off of the needs and off of the areas where I had lack in my life, and I began to praise him for what he had already done, as I began to reflect on the goodness that he's already exhibited in my life and the way that he has seen me through times in the past, I began to feel a peace. Not a peace because the circumstance had changed. Not a peace because God flipped a switch and suddenly everything was perfect, but a peace because I was in his presence. You see, peace is not, does not come from, from, the, from our problems disappearing. Peace is not the absence of our problems. Peace is the presence of God. Peace is not an absence of our problems. So often we're convinced, God, make my problems go away and then I'll have peace. The truth is, is as Jesus told his disciples, he said, in this life, you will have troubles. Troubles are guaranteed, right? As we get through one trouble, there's another trouble. That's a part of the life in the world that we live Peace is not the absence of our problems. Peace is the presence of God. I want to encourage you today, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling hopeless, maybe you're feeling like you're sinking. Peter offers some incredible advice here when he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. You know, as I read Peter saying that, I remember a story of Peter's interaction with Jesus. Maybe you're familiar with this story of in the midst of a storm, uh, the disciples are in a boat out on a lake and the waves are going and the wind's blowing and they look out and they see Jesus walking on the water and Jesus calls Peter to step out onto the water. And Peter does something that no human being's ever done. He He begins to step out on the water and walk on that water. And then it says that as he begins to see the waves and the wind, he sees the circumstances around him. He gets discouraged and he begins to start sinking. But when he feels himself sinking, Jesus grabs a hold of him and pulls him up. 
You know, when Peter says this here, when he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. I have to wonder if Peter's remembering how Jesus lifted him up in that time of need. Imagine Peter walking on the water and he is beginning to sink like that. He, Jesus reaches out his hand and pulls him up. Today, maybe you are feeling I'm sinking. Uh, some of us are feeling like the problem uh, that, that, that the problems that we're, we're facing are causing us to sink. And here's the reality that for some of us, the problem isn't that we're sinking. The problem is, is that we aren't close enough to his hand. You see, in those moments when we're seeking, sinking, Jesus invites us to grab a hold of him. Right. And when we turn to him, sometimes we don't turn to him. And so we continue to feel ourselves seeking. But Peter's reminding ourselves that in these times of trouble, if we will humble ourselves if we will put our attention on God, that he will lift us up in due time. You see, if we're trying to figure things out, right? We're trying to get things right. We're trying to secure our future, protect our kids. Uh, We want to help uh, make the right decisions in our life. And we can get so anxious about those things, but we break that cycle of anxiety with gratitude and thanksgiving. We break that cycle of anxiety by humbling ourselves in turn, turning to God. You see, we don't always have the power to control. We don't always have the power to control in our lives, but we always have the power to surrender. Peter reminds us in in 1 Peter, again, uh, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What does it mean to cast our anxieties on him? It means to throw, to release, to give up, to surrender. You know what most of us do, though? We bring our anxieties to God and we don't cast them. We don't release them. We don't give them. We don't surrender them. What we tend to do is we share them with God, but when then we take them back and carry them off ourselves. We don't release them to God. God invites us to take those anxieties and cast them upon him because he cares for us. What's weighing on you? What burden are you carrying today? What anxiety are you facing? Are you anxious about the future, your job, your finances, your marriage, your children, the next semester? Uh, what are you what are you facing today? I want to remind you that anxiety is a signal alerting you that it is time to pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. When we do those things, when we release them to God, when we give thankfulness and gratitude and we present those to God, it says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is there to guard you today. Could you use the peace of God in your life today? Could you use some peace, not peace that the, that the world gives, not peace that you manufacture in your own soul by, by escaping that anxiety cycle and, and forgetting about those anxieties, but a peace that surpasses understanding. It's not a peace that the world gives, and because it's not a peace that the world gives, the world can't take it away from you but it's a peace from God that guards your mind and that guards your heart. 
It's available to us as we bring these things to God. Will you join me in prayer now? Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, and thank you most of all for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the reality that although we have troubles in this life and although we experience anxieties in our life, we can bring these things to you and we can cast them upon you because you care for us. We don't have to carry them around, but we can release them to you. Lord, would you help us to do that today? Lord, would you help us to be mindful of the ways that you've already been at work in our lives? Lord, help us to have gratitude and thankfulness for the good things in our life. Lord, that we wouldn't be consumed just with the things that we need to change, just with the troubles. Lord, we'll always have some sort of trouble. Lord, let us not be so consumed with that that we forget about your goodness in our lives. Lord, we remember today that you are for us. Lord, that you desire the best for us. And so today we put our attention and our focus on you. Lord, lead us as only you can do. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus.